with the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious, it's fun, it's your Catholic drive time. And welcome to Catholic Drive Time. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. Today is Thursday, July 27th, 2023. The Feast of St. Arethas, which, whoo, these Eastern saints become very difficult to pronounce. But nonetheless, we will do our best. St. Arethas was a martyr who lived in the 6th century in Ethiopia. He addressed his enemies, which included the inhuman king, the doctors of the synagogue, Hemorite apostates, and a confederacy of barbarians. He considered himself the swan of Ethiopia because he said that he was singing a last song before his martyrdom because it is believed, and maybe it's true, I don't know, I'm not a zoologist, but apparently it, they, it is believed or was believed that swans would sing a song as they're approaching their death. And so he called himself the swan of Ethiopia for he sung his song uh, rejecting and rebuking the enemies of the church and encouraging his fellow Catholics before his martyrdom. He urged everyone, including Catholics and non-believers, to listen to his words and heed them. He criticized the people of Narjan for trusting the impious king who pre- he persecuted them and leading to their defeat. He noted that the only reason they lost the battle, the only reason they lost is because they trusted the king who was anti-God. They trusted the king who was against the Catholic faith. And if they had stood against him, they would have won the war and they would not have been oppressed. Now, he acknowledged that the defeat was only a punishment for the lack of vigilance and trust in the king of kings, which is almighty God. Now, here is something to keep in mind. As he died, he led a whole group of martyrs to go with him, this entire ensemble leading up to the choirs of heaven. A very beautiful thing. So let's keep this in mind today, and let's meditate upon this great saint that we have the grace to be able to sing the glories of heaven and trust in God and not in princes. So, St. Arethas, pray for us. Happy Thursday to you. Good morning to you. Joining us right now is Rudy Carlos. Good morning, Rudy. Hey, good morning, Adrian. I wish I could say that, uh, you know, I'd have a really nice singing voice at the end of my life, but uh, that's pretty inspiring. I think um, I think that, uh, that there's certain birds that have uh, that capacity, but I'm not sure swans are one of them. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Don't the, they just like honk? I have no clue. I Like I said, I'm not a zoologist. <laughs> I don't know anything about this. But allegedly, like in the in the commentary here, it says, says the, there's a legend that when the swan dies, it sings. And that last song of the swan is of extraordinary beauty. The idea is exquisite. And notice it even mentions the idea is exquisite. Like, I don't know if it's true. The idea is but, really uh, exquisite. Kind of like the pelican idea, right? Yeah. I mean, we've heard about this before. The pelican used to be... Uh, a really popular symbol in early Christian times because it seemed to be that there was this legend that the pelican mother would uh, pierce her heart and feed herself to her children, but it was actually just the pelican was ripping apart <laughs> other creatures yeah. and feeding to the children. So it was one of those pious legends. I did just find out swans don't sing, though. Okay, you looked it up? But it is okay. an exquisite yeah, idea. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's like, I'm like, I'm pretty, I don't know if this is true or not, but uh, it certainly is very beautiful to uh, to imagine, to think about. 
I do think it's amusing how they they will say things. They'll put that out there. I'm like, it's it's a pretty, it's a good idea. I like it. It's it's nice. It's nice to think about. Look, we all know, but it is a nice idea, guys. Come on. And like I said, uh, I'm not a zoologist, but um, maybe I mean it's nonetheless it's very uh, beautiful to think. And the in the in the actual message uh, doesn't change. This idea True. of him wanting to uh, to seeing the glories of God uh, coming to his death. If we can't compare it to a swan, you compare it to something else. Uh, compare it to, um, I don't know. I, I don't know. Like I said, I don't know anything about animals, man. <laughs> trying to think of it. I'm trying to think of uh, any animal that that sings. I guess other birds sing. Catholic but, uh, zoo time. Catholic zoo time. That's going to yeah. be our, our my other podcast. <laughs> We're going to just talk about analogies for the Catholic faith and um, different kind of animals. I think that'll be a fun fun little show there. But nonetheless, the let me say good morning to Catholic Spirit Radio and everyone on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Speaking of the Guadalupe Radio Network, Sammy Rodriguez Jr. wants me to share with you that he has a letter written out just for you to encourage you during these trying times. So look out for that letter coming in the mail. And if you don't receive one, make sure you reach out to Sammy at grnonline at grnonline.com. You can send him an email there, grnonline at grnonline.com, and he'll gladly send you one. And let me know if you get it. I'd be very curious. At 15 past the hour, there's uh, really something concerning that's happening in our neck of the woods, Houston, Texas. I'll do it again, says a Baytown Baptist Academy teacher after being fired for going to a Houston drag show. Yikes. That's yikes. At 30 past the hour... Pope Francis proposes to meet Russian Orthodox Patriarch Krill in Moscow. Hmm, that's interesting. And if you don't know why that's interesting and why that's incredibly significant, You're we're going to tell man. you at 30 past the hour. It's a huge deal if this is true, if this is true. At 45 past the hour, New York City migrant crisis approaches breaking point with disorderly migrants shelter space. And in the next hour, Alan Smith should be joining us talking about uh, Bishop Sheen today. So it's going to be a wonderful show. Plus, Fear and Trembling Game Show. The coolest prize we've ever given away on Catholic Drive Time is being given away tomorrow. There's two more chances to win. So you're going to want to call in today. You're going to want to call in tomorrow to increase your odds of winning this prize. Now, let's begin with prayer. In a special way, I want to pray for Emily Esserman. Uh, she, her daughter was born yesterday. Uh, her daughter, Sienna, was born yesterday. A very concerning situation, actually. Uh, she was born unresponsive, and the, uh, they're currently in the NICU. They said that the baby is currently alive, and they resuscitated the baby. And her husband had, did an emergency baptism for, their, uh, for her daughter, Sienna. So prayers for Sienna, prayers for the Esterman's family. And um, and she said she asked for the intercession of Mother Wilhelmina for a full and miraculous recovery. So we pray in a special way for that. We also pray for whatever it is that you have going on in your life, for your intentions, for our friends, our family, our benefactors, and all those that we promise to pray for, and for the end of sexual trafficking of children and the human trafficking in general. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Oh my God, I beg of thee. In union with the Immaculate Heart of Mary, through the merits of the precious blood, offer to thee in every sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world, to grant that this day one sinner may be converted, one mortal sin be averted, 
One soul in doubt be converted to truth. One soul about to die in sin receive the grace of repentance and a happy death, and the deliverance of that soul in purgatory which is nearest heaven. I wish by this offering to console the heart of Jesus in agony for souls lost through the teaching of error against the true church of Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. May thy blood, O Lord, be my salvation. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And now, your headline news with Rudy Carlos. Good morning. You're listening to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. Here are your Thursday headlines for today. The Blaze Report's Hunter Biden's sweetheart deal plea collapses under judges' scrutiny. Hunter pleads not guilty, at least for now. Biden walked into a federal courthouse in Delaware yesterday, prepared to plead guilty to two misdemeanor tax crimes and to accept pretrial diversion deals for a felony federal gun charge. The agreement would have allowed Biden to avoid jail time and prosecution for the gun charge. But court proceedings hit a snag when U.S. District Court Judge Mary Ellen Noreka began asking questions about the diversion agreement. Under interrogation from Noreka, prosecutors admitted the investigation into Biden is ongoing and may result in new criminal charges, including foreign lobbying charges. The disclosure upset Biden's attorneys, who believe the plea deal gave Biden immunity from future criminal charges. And LifeSite News reports Pope Francis proposes to meet in Russian Orthodox to meet with Russian Orthodox Patriarch Kirill in Moscow. I hope you're sitting down for this one. Pope Francis is scheduled to make an episodic visit to Mongolia from August 31st to September 4th, bringing to mind the prophecies of Garbandal, a supposed Marian apparition that states that hostilities will break out in different parts of Europe after the Pope's visit in Moscow, which will be followed by great deals of tribulations. This will also coincide with an important synod. Does that sound familiar? The Pope proposes to meet Patriarch Kirill without delay at one of Moscow's airports, Domo, De, De, Domo Dedovo or Vnukovo, where he flies into Magna, when he flies into Magnolia. Excuse me, those words are very hard to pronounce. I should learn Russian. CNA reports FBI gives documents to Congress relating to memo targeting Catholics. A leaked memo dated January 23rd, which originated from the Bureau's Richmond office, claims that racially or ethnically motivated violent extremists will likely become more interested in, quote, radical traditionalist Catholic ideology, unquote, within the next 12 to 24 months in the run-up to the next general election cycle and recommended installing agents at local TLM parishes. The new documents were only made available to the House Judiciary Committee. The FBI has requested that the committee not disseminate the documents without consulting it first, though. And those were your breaking news and stories for now. Keep it dialed on Catholic Drive Time for more. Back to you, Adrian. The Gospel of the Day comes from Matthew chapter 13, verses 10 through 17. This is the continuation from yesterday's Gospel, where our Lord has just given a parable, and everybody's asking him, why, why do you speak in parables? Why can't you just tell us straight up what you mean? And this is the reason that our Lord gives. He says, because to you it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. Now, who is the them that is included here? Well, it's the Jews, but specifically the unbelieving Jews, those Jews who refuse to understand the true faith. Now, why is this the case? It is because we look at the words of Augustine, Augustine who said that faith seeking understanding. It's not understanding seeking faith, but faith seeking understanding, because it is by faith that you can come to know the mysteries of heaven in a more perfect way. But for the Jews who saw the miracles 
and saw the message of our Lord Jesus Christ himself, who saw the meekness of our Lord, which Cornelius Lapide points out that our Lord's humility and meekness was so supernaturally virtuous that that alone should have been sufficient enough to, be, to prove to anybody, anybody that he was in fact a saint. We talked about a couple days ago how even in the time of Jonah, when he went to the Ninevites and he preached to them, Jonah did no miracles. Not one miracle did Jonah do to the Ninevites, and yet they believed because his words were true. How much more with our Lord? And yet the Jews were unbelieving, and so to them it is not given. Now in verse 12 he says, For he that hath to him shall be given, and he shall abound. But he that hath not from him shall be taken away, and that also which he hath. And this might sound strange to many people saying, why would God take away from somebody if they already have very little to begin with? But this is what our Lord says. Too much was given, they'll be given much. Too much has little, little will be given. Because these people who have little, it's not that they have little because they're being deprived or because they're just poor. It's because they refuse to accept the grace that God is offering to you. And so think about it this way. If I bought you a really amazing gift. Let's say I bought you this most beautiful, beautiful diamond ring and with it a bunch of other jewelry that went with it. And I offered it to you and you refused to take it. And maybe then I would be like, oh my goodness, well, you're so ungrateful for the things that I've given. I'm just going to take it all back. I'm taking all of it. Whereas somebody who is grateful and takes it is like, oh, thank you so much. I'm going to use this. I'm going to wear it. And you, you see them wearing it around. Well, now you're more bound to give them more. Say, oh, well, you appreciated the last gift I gave you. Here's another. And so, too, does our Lord do with us. Now, the thing that makes me a little upset here is in verse 14, it says, And the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled in them who saith, By hearing you shall hear and shall not understand, and seeing you shall see and shall not proceed. The reason why this makes me upset it's nothing to do with the scripture. It's because Cornelius Lapide doesn't comment on this. He says, go check out my commentary on Isaiah, which is referenced here, which has not been translated into English, so I can't read it. <laughs> so I'm like, no! Oh, no! You mean you uh, can't read Latin? Not yet, not Come yet. On. Now, lastly, lastly, St. Augustine here says three wishes. First, his wish is to see Christ speaking in the flesh. His second is to behold Rome in the splendor of an imperial triumph. And third to hear Paul thundering forth in his preaching. He says, many have the same wish at this present time. Now, why did I bring that up? I don't know. I just thought it was kind of funny. Anyway, we'll be right back. Hey, Donnie, when we see Christ on the cross, what do we call that? A crucifix. And who said, preach Christ and Him crucified? St. Paul. As parents, we're the primary educators of our Catholic faith to our children. And if you don't know your Catholic faith as well as you should, that's okay. Just tune in daily to the Guadalupe Radio Network by logging online to grnonline.com. The Guadalupe Radio Network. Listen, learn, love, and pass it on. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say, since every religion claims to be true, well, then none of them are true? Even though this is not a very intelligent comment, it does not prevent people from saying it. G.K. Chesterton says probably one of the creeds is right and the others are wrong. Logically, most of the views must be wrong. But there's nothing logical to the idea that all must be wrong. Think about betting on a horse. 
Many people bet on the wrong horse, but some bet on the right horse. And sometimes even the favorite has been known to come in first. But that's the point. Something comes in first. The fact that there are many beliefs does not destroy the fact that there is one well-founded belief. So don't say that the variety of beliefs prevents you from accepting any beliefs. It's not logical, and it's not a very good way to bet either. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org. And welcome back to the Catholic Drive Time Show. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. It's so good to be on with you today. You know, before I jump into the story, I just kind of wanted to say the... It's so fun to me, at the end of um, Cornelius Lapide's commentary, uh, for seemingly no reason, he just brings this up. He's like, it is said that St. Augustine had three wishes. He wanted to see Christ speaking in the flesh. He wanted to behold Rome in the splendor of an imperial triumph. And he wanted to hear Paul thundering forth in his preaching. And so he says, okay, those are the three things that Augustine wants. And then he includes at the end there, many have the same wish at this present time. It's like, some might say, I mean, <laughs> he's like, no, it's not me. I mean, I mean, maybe I could be, you know, included in this. But I don't know. I, just, I think it's hilarious. I think of. it's so funny. He's like, I, I, I too would like to see these things. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, am I lying? <laughs> I'm like, same though. Same though. Like, wouldn't that be cool? Seeing Rome and its triumph. That would be amazing. Back in the that imperial days. Cool. Oh, that would be really awesome. I'd like to don the Roman garb. You want to get you get your toga on. Yeah. And there you go. There you go, folks. Uh, let us know. Would you like to see that? Um, please no. Please <laughs> just kidding. Please don't let us know. <laughs> please, don't let it, yeah, please don't let us know. Don't tell me. Uh, let me stay in my ignorance. Now, there's a couple of stories that are very concerning. One that comes out of Houston. And I was talking, we were talking about this yesterday. Rudy Taylor and I went to go get some breakfast. Well, I don't know if we can call it breakfast. It was like 10 o'clock and we got a burger. It so. was glorious. It was. And we went to Culver's. It was pretty good. Nine uh, out of 10, best burger I've had in a long time. So true, King. So we were mentioned over there how we went, we, it's kind of outside of Houston. And we're like, man, everything's so nice over here. It's really nice. The people are really nice. It's very, very, just a very nice area. There's roundabouts on the road. There's roundabouts on the road. What's up with that? Mm-hmm. And, the, and the thing that's strange is because we made the comment about it being much nicer than, than Houston. And I made the point. I was like, yeah, I mean, when you're in the cities, you're in the cities. When you're outside of the cities, you're in Texas. Because the cities are, it's just not great. It's just not great. And this story kind of highlights that. The story is a headline, I'll do it again. Baptist, Baytown Baptist Academy teachers fired after night at downtown Houston drag show. Two teachers from First Baptist Academy in Baytown, Texas, were fired after attending a drag show in downtown Houston and posting about it on social media. Christy Maris, one of the teachers, had always wanted to go to Hamburger Mary's, a popular spot known for drag shows. After attending with a co-worker and her daughter, daughters, yikes, and her daughters, and posting about the enjoyable experience on Facebook, the school fired them both citing a clause in the school's policy manual about acting in a godly and moral fashion, both at work and in the community. Maurice, who had been a dedicated, quote, Christian teacher for 19 years, was heartbroken and shocked by the dismissal, but has no regrets and is open to attending such events again. So these are your your moral betters, your godly and moral fashion. Uh, This is absolute absurdity. And most schools, 
Uh, I know this for sure about Catholic schools. I don't know about most Protestant schools. I assume it's the same there. But most Catholic schools have clauses in their school policy manuals for their employees that they have to live to the dictates of the Catholic faith. So they cannot be, for instance, um, publicly in an immoral relationship. You can't be shacking up, things like that, because it could cause scandal to the students. So it makes sense that they would fire her over this. And I applaud the Baptist Academy for doing so. The concerning thing is they think that this is perfectly in line with Christian teaching to be able to say, yeah, I'm heartbroken by that. How could this happen? How could I be fired from a Christian school because I went to go see transvestites dancing around? Does that, I, I, why, the reason that has to be explained is absolute absurdity. The fact that that has to be explained, especially from a biblical perspective, it's very clear in the Bible that men should not be wearing women's clothing and women should not be wearing men's clothing. That is in sacred scripture. So even if you're in this context of secular, it's like, oh, well, we don't even believe in the Bible, so why do you even bring up the Bible? Well, in this case, we're talking about Christians. And so shouldn't we believe in the Bible? Shouldn't we just say, okay, look, we don't need to make philosophical arguments. It's very clear the Bible says don't do it, so don't do it. It's pretty straightforward. This is a very concerning situation, and the fact that this is happening in my hometown and in the state of Texas, I mean, if you think it's not happening in your Catholic school, in your Protestant school, in your Christian academy, I would take a second look. I would be very aware of who's teaching your kids. I'd be very aware. I was talking about this idea of sending my kids to boarding school, and I was thinking um, the only way I could possibly ever send my kids to a boarding school is if I knew personally every single one of the teachers because I don't trust anybody. I don't care what label your school has, what accreditation your school has, what endorsement your school has. I do not trust you. They, I trust myself, and presumably I would trust my wife, and that would be about it. Presumably. Presumably. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Who knows, right? <laughs> I hear some crazy stories, man. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> God forbid. God forbid. Now, this is uh, moving on to another story here. Timcast News reports, after Twitter rebrands to X, TikTok changes platform to become a direct competitor. TikTok is a very concerning platform. We have to get this stuff banned. We got to get rid of it. It has to be banned across the United States. And people are so addicted that they are aware that this these... I, I've heard from people who use TikTok that they need to ban TikTok. And they refuse to delete it themselves, though. Hmm. Because they're so addicted to the platform. This is bad. And it's stealing our data. It's spying on us. It's using it to collect information about American citizens it is not good. It's uh, We're living in the age of intellectual warfare, of information warfare. And this is how China will attack us, is through social media campaigns. This is the number one means of attacking us. We mentioned before, I mean, China can't just send troops to America and just put boots on the ground. They would have to traverse the entirety of the ocean and land people here, take over America, then occupy America, the chances of that happening are almost zero. It's like just almost impossible. The kind of resources it would require to do something like that would be absolutely, absolutely tremendous. So the war is going to be informational. The war you, is going to be informational. Do you remember back in the day? Um, I'm sure you were born at that time. You were alive. Uh -oh. You were young enough to remember that time. But 
Do you remember when Americans actually cared about communists spreading their ideas around? You know, they would mm. uh, go go around and make sure that there weren't secret communists around. Well, you don't have to worry about that these days because instead of them coming into the country and walking around and blending in with the community, all you have to do is send an app over <laughs> on an app store to whatever country you want to uh, to psychologically destroy and uh, have them install TikTok on their phone. And that's it. You have corrupted effectively their entire uh, generations and generations of children and adults into all kinds of matter of just disgusting things that you would see on there. I used to be on TikTok. I was on there for like, I would say like almost a month. We were exploring using TikTok to... Uh, advanced Catholic drive time a little bit. And immediately, the first time you log in, it was degeneracy. It was basically pornography on there. And kids are being allowed to use this platform. Now, how do we uh, how do we respond to that? Well, first and foremost, obviously it should be banned. But secondly, one thing that most people don't know is that in China, where they have TikTok as well, it is completely different than what we have here. They have a completely different formula over there, which is more along the lines of tutorials and building the culture. Whereas here and the thing that they export is just completely destructive to anyone who comes in contact with it, especially young kids. It corrupts the mind. Yeah. Now, listen to this, this speech. I'll tell you who gave this speech after I read it. Uh, there's an excerpt from a speech. Let's see if you can guess who said this. If we are to win a contest of ideas, we must know their ideas as well as our own. Our knowledge must not be superficial. We cannot be content with simply an intuition that communism is wrong. It is not enough to rest our case alone on the assertions, true as they are, that communism denies God, enslaves men, and destroys justice. We must recognize that the appeal of the communist idea is not to the masses as the communists would have us believe, but more often to an intelligent minority in newly developing countries who are trying to decide which system offers the best and surest road to progress. And then it goes on from there and it goes against the communist ideas and it goes further. Who do you think said that? Who do you think Gay made that quote? George Soros. George Soros. That'd be hilarious. It's Richard Nixon. Oh. Yeah. Richard Nixon, he delivered a speech on the meaning of communism to Americans. And this was during his when he was a part of um, the campaign for the presidency in the 1960s. Now, what's interesting is the whole anti-Nixon position in the world was like the first psyop. It was like the first psyop because they were saying, oh, Nixon is so bad. Is he, did he really do something that's that bad in comparison to what other presidents have done he spied and they try to cover it up like really really <laughs> that it, seems so are you kidding are you kidding me and i'm sure it was commonplace back then too i'm sure it was and they raked him over the coals for this what was the real reason it's because he was coming after the communist and he was uncovering the communist in the american government he was doing that and he was doing it very harshly now do i agree with every decision nixon made of course not absolutely not definitely not uh but in comparison to what we have today, Nixon was a saint in comparison because it's really bad. Now, this is important to keep in mind because TikTok is now competing against X. X is American is an American um, social media company. Is it going to be good? 
Mm, all social media is probably should be, it'd be better off without it. However, if we have to choose, are we going to have an American-based company or a Chinese communist-based company? We're going to want to go with the American-based one. Now, it's very interesting as well because at first, you know, the kind of rebranding of Twitter to X was kind of strange. It's kind of like, oh, well, Elon Musk is just being Elon Musk. But it seems as though it's something more now. Elon is trying to create a all-encompassing platform with unlimited interactivity, including audio, video, messaging, payments, all powered by AI. He wants to compete directly with Meta, which is, you know, Facebook, and not just Facebook, because you're like, okay, how does that compete with Facebook? He wants to compete with Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, all these platforms that Facebook owns, that Meta owns. They want to be a direct competitor. And TikTok is saying, I want to get in on this. And they already have captured an addicted market, and they want to expand. And what does that mean? That means they're going to have audio, video, messaging, payments. They're going to create their own banking system within their platform. This is the direction that all social media is going to go, uh, thanks to Elon Musk kind of evolving or innovative idea of how to monetize his platform by creating this new system. And it's every single one of the platforms are going to follow suit. So that's very concerning that we should definitely keep our eyes on. And ultimately, honestly, I just say get rid of social media if you can. And if you have your kids, there's really no excuse. So just tell them to delete it. Uh, delete it for them. And you may think, oh, I can't just delete it. Whose phone is it? Is it your kid's phone? Do they own it? Come on. You own the phone. Take it from them. Delete it. I know, I know people don't want to be mean to their kids, and I understand that. I didn't want my parents to be mean to me, but nonetheless, it's probably better. All right, after 30 past the hour, we're going to come back with Hunter Biden stories. Yikes, coming up next. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. If Jesus brought two of the greatest Old Testament saints to meet with three of the greatest New Testament saints at the Mount of Transfiguration, can you say with any assurance that they were not alive, aware, and able to communicate? So here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, the Bible. Luke 9 says, quote, Two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared in glorious splendor talking with Jesus. Did you catch that? They were talking with Jesus. That means they have cognitive capability. Secondly, heavenly friends. Those in heaven long for your prayer requests. Their intercession far exceeds your best friend's prayers here on earth. Sorry to say that. And thirdly, a pesky comeback. Well, Oral Roberts University has the prayer tower. TBN has a prayer department. Your home church probably has a prayer hotline. Well, guess what? Heaven has on-demand, pure, unselfish prayer warriors known as the great cloud of witnesses. They're waiting on you. I don't know why I turned on my radio because I've kept my radio off for years. And once I turned it on, I was absolutely hooked. I love the shows with the Catholic apologist. I love the shows with the sort of day-to-day psychologist, Greg and Lisa Popchek. I love hearing not just of other people's problems who call in, but I love getting the Catholic take on how to deal with day-to-day reality. The Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm Rudy Carlos, and here are more breaking news and headlines for you. The Postmillennial reports non-human remains found by members of the U.S. government, according to a congressional testimony. 
During a congressional hearing on Wednesday, former U.S. Air Force officer and former intelligence official David Grush claimed that the U.S. government located biological entities during an unidentified aerial phenomena crash retrieval incident. Grush is the latest in a series of former employees of the U.S. government who have claimed the government has known about UAPs for many years. If you're wondering what a UAP is, that's what they call UFOs now. Grush also claimed that the U.S. government had had knowledge of such entities since the 1930s, predating the so-called Roswell crash. And Catholic News Agency reports a glimpse into heaven, bishop to dedicate new Catholic church at Texas A&M. Catholic universities take notes. Nearly a decade of planning, fundraising, and building will come to fruition on July 29th as St. Mary's Catholic Center, which serves the Catholic students of Texas A&M University, dedicates a new church. With a student population of nearly 75,000, Texas A&M is the largest university in the United States, with about a quarter of its students identifying as Catholic. Bishop Joe Vazquez of Austin will be the principal celebrant of the dedication mass with eight other bishops in attendance. At 1500, the seating capacity is nearly double of the previous church and was built to be both beautiful and traditional, so that it will be a place where students can encounter Christ through art and architecture. According to the dedication booklet, the new church is oriented to the east as Catholic churches have been traditionally built, a practice rooted in scripture. Quote, For as the lightning comes from the east and flashes as far as the west, so will the coming of the Son of Man. Unquote has a dome on cube design representing the coming together of the new heaven and the new earth on the eighth day, eternity, is supported by 12 freestanding piers symbolizing the 12 apostles and the fulfillment of the 12 tribes of Israel according, uh, along with 12 columns in the domed apse which houses the tabernacle and features a triumphal arch over the sanctuary as the artistic centerpiece of the church depicting the heavenly liturgy by illustrating the meeting of heaven and earth in eternity that is anticipated at the end of time. Sounds wonderful. Now go forth and gig em. And One America News reports, California and other states move to block 3M's $10.3 billion PFAS deal. The proposed deal would provide funds over a 13-year period to cities, towns, and other public water systems to test and treat contamination of so-called forever chemicals. But the state said it wasn't enough to account for the damage caused by the chemicals, which are used in a wide range of products from firefighting foam to nonstick cookware to cosmetics and have been linked to cancers, hormonal dysfunction, and environmental damage. Those were all your headlines this morning. May God bless all of your holy efforts today. There you go, folks. There you go. I was thinking while you're talking about the alien stuff, like again with the aliens. Dude. Big, if true. Big, if true. Yeah. Okay. I'm an alien. That's true. You are an illegal alien <laughs> from California. <laughs> uh, no, there was a comment in our YouTube chat. Ethan Murphy said, did Our Lady not say Russia has her secret armies and some Catholic prophecies say China invaded via Canada? You know, I'd be really curious for a source on that because when I was a kid, my mom had this book on Catholic prophecies. And she would tell us these stories. And my, the problem with, with, my, with my mom is that she reads a lot of books, but she doesn't remember where she got the information the from. Yeah. Yeah. And so she would tell us these stories. And I'm like, Mom, where did you hear that from? She's like, um, I don't know. And I'm like, well, Mom, I can't, I can't do anything with that information <laughs> because I don't know where it comes from. And so my mom used to tell me that she had read that there was going to be, you know, the Our Lady had prophesied that there was going to be an invasion 
of the country from the north, and then mm. people interpret that to be Canada. And there was also another prophecy that there would be an invasion of America through California. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, it's really interesting. That sounds like the plot to the popular video game Fallout. Really? Yeah, they came from Alaska. Interesting. Yeah, the Chinese army did. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Huh. That's very interesting, Are you actually. sure your mom doesn't play Fallout? I definitely... <laughs> it was before Fallout was, uh, was invented, probably. And, and so I, if anybody knows a source for that, please let me know, because I'd be very curious. I, she used to tell me that when we were kids, and then it came up in conversation like a couple years ago, and I was like, hey, mom, where did you get that information from? Like, if you can find a source for that, I'd be very curious to know, like, is this an approved apparition? Is this something that's real? Is this from a, like, where is this coming from? And we, like, searched the house for the book and could not find the book. And his, my mom used to be subscribed to all these uh, n um, newspapers and articles. And so who knows where it was, it was first written at. So if you know, I'd be very curious to see if that would be uh, something that, um, that has a source. Because I have heard things similar to that. And I think that'd be really interesting to talk about if it... Big if true, as some would say. Big if true, as uh, many people would say. Okay, now, I am completely off topic now. Um, the topic I, we were going to talk about was Hunter Biden pleads not guilty to all charges after judge refused to sign on to sweetheart plea deal. Now, everybody thought, everybody was talking yesterday about Hunter Biden is going to be getting off on his plea deal. He's going to plead guilty. He's going to have... Uh, misdemeanor tax charges and they're going to have no uh, prosecution for a felony gun charge and it fell apart here reported by the daily wire the deal would have allowed hunter to enter a diversion program avoiding prison time for the gun charge which you know first of uh, a side note it's really kind of funny how the um the gun the democrats are super anti-gun they want to lock up everybody who owns guns they want to take away your guns but then the son of the biggest, of the uh, biggest pro and or anti-gun lobbyist of anti-Second Amendment president gets into a gun charge problem, and they're not gonna run with that story. Like I haven't seen anybody making that connection. It's like, isn't it weird how Hunter Biden's dad is super anti-gun, and yet nobody cares that. He his probably the charge that's probably gonna get him in trouble is him throwing a gun into the trash or his wife, ex-wife, something like that. Actually, I think it was his. Oh, it's so scandalous. I think it was his brother's, his dead brother's wife who he was sleeping with, took the gun and threw it away. Something like that. Yeah, it was yeah. very yeah. That that family is very messed up. So anyway, the story goes on. However, the judge refused to sign off on the agreement raising concerns about the extent of legal immunity afforded to Hunter and whether the deal would block future charges related to failure to register as a foreign agent. Hunter Biden's defense attorneys and federal prosecutors were seen discussing the deal during a break in the hearing. Hunter Biden has now entered a plea of not guilty on all federal charges. Republican lawmakers have criticized the sweetheart deal and accused the Biden administration Department of Justice of protecting the Biden family amid allegations of overseas influence peddling and corruption. So this is very interesting. This is really interesting because we all thought that this was going to go through. And will justice be, will justice prevail? That's the question, right? And it's kind of shocking. I, I almost don't believe that a judge is like, yeah, no, nah, I can't go through with this because then 
you're trying to basically immunitize him to every other char- possible charge in order to get him on two misdemeanors? Hmm, that doesn't sound right. I am shocked that a judge would do this. So praise be to God for a judge actually standing up for justice. But what if it's all theater? It could be. What if it's all theater? It could be. I worry about that sometimes in our political sphere or political arena. If it's not all just theater, and one of our uh, lovely commenters on YouTube mentioned that they want you distracted on UAPs and UFOs and non-biological entities so that you don't pay attention to the Biden case, so that you don't pay attention to the economy, you don't pay, pay attention to whatever that they're trying to distract you from. So I wonder sometimes, are we being led? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. I think Almost so. certainly. I mean, the, the big problem, I mean, like I said before, right, the, this, the next war is going to be primarily informational warfare. And we also are going to have, I believe, I honestly believe we're living in a cold civil war where mm-hmm. we are currently at war in America. We are at civil war in America. We're under siege. We are under siege, but it's informational warfare. Yeah. And that's what it, we're living through. And it's only going to get worse with the rise of AI, deep fakes, and all these things. We are, living, we are living in informational warfare, and it is very difficult to try to parse through what is true, what is false, what is a psyop, what is what are people trying to distract you, what are, what are true things, but they're just trying to distract you from other true things that are more important. It's a very very concerning situation, and we just have to be aware of it. Keep our eyes on the prize, as some would say. Because, yeah, I mean, I, the whole UAPs thing, the UFOs thing, I believe is a giant psyop. Uh, but to the point that it's almost worth talking about. Because so many people are being caught up in it, and so many people are becoming afraid of it. That it's almost worth spending uh, some time in discussing whether or not UFOs are real, whether or not we should be taking this seriously. And someone had mentioned, isn't it strange how the U.S. is having UFO hearings, public UFO hearings, and no one else's? England is not. <laughs> China's not. Russia's not. Germany's not. None, none of these other countries are doing it. Why? Is it because they are secretly doing it and they're just trying to, they're keeping things under uh, quiet? Or is it because we're trying to sigh off of them? Trying to Adrian, tell them, look, we have haven't, this. Haven't you seen an alien invasion movie? They always come to America I've first. I've noticed this. I've noticed It's always this. America first. Why does Godzilla decide to attack America? What's up with that? Anyway, He's a communist. Yeah, it probably is. But anyway, when we come back, there are many more things that are very concerning. For instance, Bidenomics. Hmm. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. What does it take to constitute an actual church? Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, a gathering of Christians is not automatically a church. Although Matthew 18 says, where two or three are gathered in my name, I am in their midst. That is not a text to be interpreted as a premise for a church. That's a requirement to legitimize an accusation. Secondly, Catholic teaching. Christ established and sustains the church as both a mystical community and a visible organization with hierarchy and jurisdiction. And thirdly, my take. Eventually, you have to decide what one item is absolutely essential for our Lord to say, that's my church. So is it a church if there's simply a common belief in the Bible or perhaps just a doctrinal agreement? Is it compliance to the Apostles' Creed? Could it be the stamp of approval from a denomination? Maybe an ordained pastor makes it officially a church. So you know that place you've been attending every Sunday morning at 10 a.m.? Maybe it's not even a church. Maybe it's just a good, healthy hangout. Ooh. Hey, Donnie, who were the first two people God created? Adam and Eve. There you go. And what did we inherit from them? 
original sin. As parents, we're the primary educators of our Catholic faith to our children. And if you don't know your Catholic faith as well as you should, that's okay. Just tune in daily to the Guadalupe Radio Network by logging online to grnonline.com. The Guadalupe Radio Network. Listen, learn, love, and pass it on. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. We're 45 past the hour. You know, I think it's interesting, before we jump into the kind of a, the Bidenomics question, did you hear that Pope Francis proposes to meet Russian Orthodox Patriarch Kirill in Moscow? It's reported by LifeSite News, amongst other outlets. But if you listen to Catholic Drive Time, whole and entire from the beginning to end. You would have heard the story earlier on when Rudy was bringing it up. But I want to discuss it a little bit. What does this mean? Now, I actually reached out to um, to Bree Dale, who is, uh, in, is in Rome, and she keeps up to date with the schedule of the Pope because she's with the, um, he's connected with the Vatican press office. And so they kind of release the Pope's daily schedule, kind of like how the, the President of the United States has his daily schedule and everybody kind of knows what it is obviously the president will sometimes deviate hide things from people but uh, Bree said as far as what we know publicly she said the sourcing is not credible and they they know nothing about this but could he meet Kirill he said well he recently sent Cardinal Zuppi to do so so I guess stranger things have happened that was Bree's comment so is it possible that this happens yeah um, is it a for sure thing that's going to happen? No, it's not. It's not officially on the books as something that's going to happen. It's a rumor, but it is interesting to bring up as to uh, what this rumor would mean. So it is reported that he's going to be meeting with the Russian Orthodox Patriarch Kirill at the end of August or the beginning of September. Don't travel <laughs> after that the, during this time. At the end of August, uh, make sure you get all your traveling done before the end of August at the beginning of September because the prophecy of Garibaldi, which if you believe in, which honestly, I'm very skeptical of the veracity of Garibaldi. I used to be more a believer in Garibaldi and I have kind of become more skeptical over time, um, but it's not approved has not been condemned. It's kind of been put on the back burner, basically, to see. Let's see if the prophecies come true, and then if the prophecies come true, then then we'll approve it. It's basically what it seems the position of uh, the church is on on that. But the prophecy, assuming that it's true, is that there are warnings of hostilities breaking out throughout Europe after the Pope visits Moscow. Now, Pope Francis has mentioned many times that he wanted to visit Moscow. So this is public information that he did say that he wanted to visit Moscow. So that is true. But he still has not done so. He has actually met Kirill in 2016. They met in an airport in Havana, Cuba, which I was like, what did they? What were they doing in Havana, Cuba? That's kind of interesting. Smoking cigars, obviously. I guess so. I guess so. <laughs> But this is very, very concerning because it seems to me, and the understanding I see when I look at the situation with the Garibaldi prophecy, is that when this happens, 
And basically, that's going to be the spark that sets off World War III. And that's going to set off the events that are going to lead to the Three Days of Darkness and the Illumination of the Conscience. And that'll be a big deal. This will not be a small deal. Uh, one of the aspects that I think is interesting as well was the mention of a synod. And what do we see happening in the world today? Well, there is a major synod about to happen in October. This is when October is going to be when, one, all the new cardinals that Pope Francis made will then go into effect. A lot of these very, very bad cardinals. And that's whenever the synod is going to be concluded, at the end of October. So this is a very, very concerning situation that I think we should definitely keep our eyes on, well, keep our eyes in the sky, look for the signs of the time, right? And if uh, Pope Francis does visit Moscow, well, I'm just going to tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to go home. <laughs> but even if it's not an approved Marian apparition, which there mm -hmm. are many, by the way, can we not draw from these very trying times here and just remember that we should live as if this is true. I mean, this is what we're called to do, right? We know not the hour the thief will come in the middle of the night. We don't know. So we should live every single day in a state of grace. We should live out our lives as if it was the last day. We should receive our Holy Communion as if it was the last Holy Communion that we we're going to ever receive with such fervor, with such love. So regardless of the fact of whether this is true or not, and obviously there's a little bit of speculation here, we're not saying that uh, we approve or disapprove. We're, we're not sure. But we can draw from this example and say, okay, maybe today I'm going to pretend like it's real. I'm going to actually live my life out in a way that is going to give glory to God. And if I die today, I know that I'm going to be dying in a state of grace. At the very least, I'll be going to purgatory, hopefully. Yeah, let's, let's uh, make our actions uh, directed towards that end. I think that would be... The, the right, it's always the right thing to do, no matter what circumstance you're in. Yeah. Now, let's talk a little bit about this situation. So let's move on for this. And if we learn anything new about it, we'll cover it again. But let's, we'll talk about this. Uh, new York City migrant crisis approaches breaking point with disorderly migrants shelter space. This is reported by the Daily Wire. New York City is facing a breaking point as it struggles to accommodate tens of thousands of illegal migrants who have arrived in the city in the past year. Over 90,000 migrants have come since April of the previous year, with around 55,000 still being housed in city-run shelters. This has caused the city's homeless shelter to overflow, resulting in a record-breaking total of 105,800 people being sheltered. The crisis has put immense strain on the city's resources, the New York, with New York having already spent $1.2 billion to support the migrants. Mayor Eric Adams has expressed concern over the situation, blaming various entities, including the Texas government, the White House, and New York State government, for not providing sufficient assistance. The city is now seeking private contractors to build long-term emergency shelters. But the situation remains challenging as migrants have caused disturbances and affected local businesses. Other Democrat-run major cities are also dealing with an influx of migrants as southern border states face challenges dealing with the ongoing illegal immigration crisis. They, this is good news, actually, that this is happening. Why is this good news? 
is because now people are waking up to the real world situation. People have this kind of um, rose-colored glasses in the migrant situation. They say, oh, these people are just coming to get a better life. We should accept them with open arms. And yeah, maybe on the individual level. But when we look at it from a broad view, this is not something that we can sustain. It's not something that we can take care of. The people in New York City are freaking out over 90,000 migrants coming in over the previous year. 90,000. How many have crossed over the Texas border in the same time? Five million. Five million people have come across the Mexican border since that time. They think that the, if they spent $1.2 billion to support the migrant crisis in New York City, what do you think we're doing here in Texas? They're saying they're blaming Texas for sending 90,000 migrants to New York City. Five million. We didn't even send a fraction of the people, and they're struggling to sustain them with their money. It's not about, it's not about compassion or being able to, oh, do we not love these people? Do I care about these people? It's about, can we even... Can we even take care of them? Is it even possible? Because the other thing to note is that how many people do we even have in the border towns in Texas? Do you know, if you added up the population of all the border towns in Texas, every single one of them, remember, Texas is massive. It takes you, if you drove from one end of Texas to the other end of Texas, it takes you over 12 hours. If you add up the population of the entirety of all the border towns, the U.S. citizens in that, it comes around 2 to 9 million people. 5 million came over the last year. This is greater than any of the populations of any of the border towns. And they're coming in. You think these small towns on the border can sustain this? It's not charitable. It's not loving to the to people in these cities. You think the mayors of these small towns were expecting to become mayor of a town of a million people whenever they were only had 20,000 people in their, in their city before that? This is something that is unsustainable. It's impossible to take care of. And the other thing that's interesting is that the city's homeless shelters are overflowing with 105,800 people. 90,000 migrants came in. So you're assuming that there's a one-to-one correlation there, which... Probably maybe not true. Maybe 15,000 people would be the number without the 90,000 migrants being shipped there. This is a very concerning situation. And the only compassionate thing to do is to enforce the laws, to enact justice. Mercy to criminals is injustice to the innocent. This is impossible situation. And people try to put us in. The only way that we can... The only way we can morally deal with the crisis is by enforcing our laws. And it's not immoral to enforce our laws. We have laws. The immigrant has an obligation to obey the laws of the country they're visiting. If we went to another country, for instance, if uh, the people who like to go to Dubai and things like that, American citizens get detained there all the time because Americans are very bombastic, we're loud. They are very rude, and there's a lot of laws. Like, for instance, you're not allowed to say anything insulting to the king about the king. And if you do, you'll be arrested. You could be caned in these other cities, in these other states, in these other countries. And we Americans are just not used to this kind of world 
And so we think, oh, Americans, we're so mean, we won't accept uh, 5 million people coming in across our borders. You, do you realize that if you try to become a citizen in any other country, it would be almost impossible? You know how <laughs> difficult it is to get into another country? It, we just made it the easiest possible situation. You just have to be born here. It's a very strange situation. It's a very unique situation. We are the most merciful country in the world when it comes to immigration. And yet the propaganda is such that we think that we're evil. Uh, American citizens are evil the way we treat immigrants. But we're not. The only compassionate being is to enforce our laws and expect those who come into our country to obey our laws. It is not an act of charity on their part to for the first act of them coming into the country that they claim to come to for success, for prosperity, because they love American ideals, because they want the American dream. The first act is to break our laws. That's their first act as someone on U.S. soil. Is that somebody that we want to be coming across? And this makes it more difficult for people who are trying to come over legally. For all the people who want to become legal citizens, for all the people who want to come across the border in an orderly fashion, it makes it difficult for them. So, again, mercy to criminals is injustice to the innocent. We'll be right back. Coming up in the next hour, Alan Smith with Bishop Sheen today will be joining us. So stay tuned with us. We'll be right back with more Catholic Drive Time right after this. It is here where you'll find the best marriage counselor, greatest healer, wisest teacher, and closest friend. It's a place where you'll escape the chaos of the world and find the lasting peace that only comes from God. Jesus is personally waiting to embrace you now with his divine mercy and healing love. Jesus is calling you home to his sacred heart today. This is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. Is the very contemporary and popular idea that a faith alone salvation, which occurs by repenting of sins and asking Jesus in one's heart, sufficient to enter and warrant heaven upon death? I say, no, it's not. Many evangelicals will say, just follow the Romans road, which is four verses snatched out of the book of Romans. And when followed, heaven is promised. Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, the Bible, the Gospels, nor the epistles, nor the apostolic and early church fathers ever wrote anything like this mechanical approach. Secondly, the marriage experience. After wrongdoing and temporary departure from your family, does a simple one-time, hey honey, I'm really sorry, bring you back into the family? And thirdly, teaching of the Catholic Church, water baptism, loving God and neighbor, which is displayed by consistent acts of charity while maintaining a perseverant hope of heaven is the surest way to God's eternal presence. And my pesky comeback, that Romans road is presumptuous and significantly dumbs down the holy value and price of salvation. And remember, that Romans road has some potholes. I actually was gone from the Catholic Church for 35 years. I want to get to heaven. I don't know if I will. I mean, I worry about it. But I not only want to get to heaven at the moment of my death, I want to find as much heaven as possible here on earth. So I need help. I don't know why I turned on my radio because I've kept my radio off for years. And once I turned it on, I was absolutely hooked. The Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Celebrating 2,000 years of truth. 
This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Katie Toe from San Faustina. You're listening to AM 1430 KSHA Houston, part of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Sheen today. Good morning to you, Alan. Good morning, Adrian. It's great to be with you. And uh, you've had a lively conversation this morning, which I appreciate what you're talking about, uh, current news and uh, immigration and all kinds of good stuff. But it's always nice to change things up as we talk about the writings of Archbishop Sheen and uh, how he brings some sanity into this world. And so, uh, you know, this is what I love coming on on Thursday mornings, just to talk a little sanity, talk a little bit of, uh, you know, some sobering thoughts that Archbishop Sheen presented many years ago. But we are blessed to still replay his talks, replay uh, many of his great um, sayings that we need today. And one of them, of course, is Behold Your Mother. Um, he reminds us that we need Our Lady. And uh, I tell you, um, we need to brush up a little bit on our relationship with the Blessed Virgin Mary. Amen. Amen. Um, and let's discuss this. Uh, but before we do, I just wanted to bring up, I meant to bring it up at the top of the hour, but I kind of just forgot. So I'm just going to interrupt our conversation for this. Um, Mrs. Esserman, which many people know as Emily Alcaraz, uh, she and her husband, uh, Matthew Esterman, they just uh, delivered their child, uh, Sienna. So she named him after St. Catherine of Sienna. And so Sienna was born um, yesterday, and we should be uh, pray for them. And the, but it's very concerning. Her, her daughter was born uh, unresponsive. Uh, she is currently um, alive after resuscitation, and, but she's still having seizures. So she's asking for prayers uh, for her and her family. So I am. Uh, I will also extend her her request and ask for prayers for the Esserman family and for baby Sienna that they uh, she be healed. She's specifically asking for the intercession of Sister Wilhelmina. Um, hopefully, the, a miracle, miraculous healing will occur. Uh, so prayers for Sienna and for the Esserman family. Um, but let's go on to the conversation about Our Lady. So, Alan, we're talking about behold your mother. A very beautiful word from the foot of the cross. Uh, tell me about this. Yes, I, I think this is what, um, you know, Fulton Sheen um, was, I think, one of his best teachings was on the Blessed Virgin Mary. Yes, he loved the holy hour, and he promoted uh, Eucharistic adoration, spending time with Jesus. But he equally, you know, wanted to recommend to us spending time with Our Lady. Those words, behold your mother. Um, I don't think we take those words in sacred scripture seriously enough. And, and I know that many Protestants run away and they don't want to really embrace this scripture, but we really think that, um, you know, this is uh, one of the greatest gifts. I mean, our Lord said, I will not leave you orphaned. Uh, and we think about that. And yes, we know that he didn't leave us orphaned in the sense that he is present in every tabernacle all over the world. But, you know, sometimes we live in a family. We have a mother and a father. And so orphans usually lose their parents. And so what he was saying to us is, I don't want to leave you orphan. I want to give you my mother. So uh, spend some time with her. Talk to her. 
uh, behold her and thank God for this great gift. And uh, I, I know I'm, you know, trying to work on my relationship with the Blessed Virgin Mary every day. Uh, it's those little things, uh, maybe just having a small conversation with her in the morning, asking her to bless your day, uh, but do something. But again, when I think of the world behold, I think there's two segments to it. Be, you know, be the son that God has created, be the daughter uh, that God has created you to be, but hold on to her, hold. So when I heard the word behold, I think be and hold, but the key is to hold on to her. You know, it's really interesting. I, you know, it's Our Lady really is someone who, who we look to and we see in her someone that we like you you're saying behold right so we we should hold our lady in our in our in our arms and we we gaze upon the blessed virgin and i was thinking about our lady the other day i actually um got some chalk and wrote our, our lady's name over my bed and i love look, thinking of her i love thinking about our lady especially whenever you're in times where there are imperfections in your life and you're trying to decide whether to do um, good things, bad things, or less good things, or more good things. And whenever you think about Our Lady, you say to yourself, okay, I not only want to be good, but I want to be the best. Because you gaze upon your mother and you say, no, it's not sufficient that I be not sinful. I need to be good. I need to be worthy of such a wonderful mother of such a wonderful woman to be in my life. And, and maybe you can speak to this, Alan. Um, I'm thinking whenever you have your, your wife, like you gaze upon your wife, you say, I want to be a better man because I want to be worthy of her. Um, would you say that that's the case, Alan? Right. You know, I think of um, this gentle reminder that Fulton Sheen uh, presents in his writings. He says, you know, write this down and keep this with you, um, this little saying. Don't do anything that your mother would be ashamed of. Um, I remember my mom saying that to us. I mean, I have, you know, 11 brothers and sisters, and we would all head out to school. Um, and she would say to us, don't do anything that I would be ashamed of. Don't bring shame onto the family name. And it was that just that gentle reminder to be good, to be good. And um, yet, you know, do we really take that to heart? Do we kind of step out into the world saying, you know, don't do anything that our mothers would be ashamed of? Um, very sobering words, but again, kind words that put you on that path to holiness. And I think that's the, the key is this, you know, trying for personal holiness to attain that. And of course, the Blessed Mother is that beautiful example in our live, lives. We just read scripture and we see time and time again where she uh was again that shining example of charity of love all these things um you know we imitate our parents many times because they're the example that we see uh so we can imitate mary if we just learn who she is and that's the key is getting to know her um and that's what fulton sheen did so well he got uh he got some thoughts in our heads to think about her remember her but be motivated to do well and to be proud uh, of our mother and to make her proud of us. And that's important. Alan, this is Rudy. It's really great to speak with you. I haven't spoken to you in a long time, but uh, I love what you were just saying. And it reminds me of uh, many years ago, I'm ashamed to say that I didn't have a really good relationship with Our Lady. 
In fact, I had a really sort of uh, disjointed idea of who Our Lady was. As a child, I thought, well, how could it be that there are so many different ladies? Because I thought that the, the, the apparitions were all separate people, right? Say, how, that doesn't even make sense, right? And over time, I sort of developed a relationship with Our Lady, which culminated in my consecration to Jesus through Mary. But what would you say to somebody who who is Catholic? You know, they already have their foot in the door, but they don't have a relationship with Our Lady. How how would you advise them? How would you nurture them to cultivate that relationship with Our Lady? Right. Um, I I struggled with my relationship with Our Lady, very similar to your what you were speaking to, Rudy, and it was through the consecration to Jesus through Mary, of course, St. Louis de Montfort, um, great wisdom there. But when I give talks at parishes and, you know, different missions, I, I talk about, you know, you sometimes have to, and this sounds silly, but it's not, is we have fond memories, many of us, of being a child and our mother. And I remember my mother blessing me every evening. I remember my mother waking me up with song. Uh, wow. She was very kind to me, and um, uh, she still is. <laughs> but still, these fond memories of my childhood and my mother, the tenderness. And and I think this is what I say to people is, uh, you know, uh, Adrian mentioned that he wrote the name of Mary above his bed. But before I wake, I always wish the Blessed Mother good morning and mm. ask her to bless me. Um, I pretend that she, of course, is there, but it's this idea of it's a role play. <laughs> you know, you, you hate to say, but you're going to have to do some acting here. But the acting then becomes real. Um, it's these conversations that she's there. So um, I always just say, go back to those nice memories of being a child and now apply them to the Blessed Virgin Mary. Um, but again, that what I said earlier about going to scripture the more we read our scripture and we see what Mary did and what she said um, can really touch our hearts. And I think of the voice of Mary, of how when she visited her cousin Elizabeth, um, again, we heard, we read the scriptures that say, when I heard your voice, the child in my womb leapt. Mm -hmm. There's something about her voice. We hear about hearing the voice of God. But sometimes we might want to listen to the voice of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Just a thought, just a thought. You know, it's interesting you said um, that we kind of have role play, right? And it's interesting because I I see what you're saying, and I think it's there's something to that because it's kind of like uh, you fake it till you make it. The if you don't have something, you kind of um, foster that within yourself. If people say dress for the job that you want, not the job that you have. And that's kind of a, the same kind of aspect. Because it's not that you're role-playing in the sense that it's not real. It's more of you're trying to train yourself to recognize the reality. Because Our Lady is present there with you. It's just difficult for you to know. It's difficult for you to understand. And I think about how the, the St. Vincent Ferrer, when he talks about the coming of our Lord to visit Our Lady after the resurrection, Our Lady cleaned up the house. She set up a chair for our Lord and sat in the chair opposite and waited for him because she knew that he was going to come. She didn't know when she didn't know in what way he would come. He didn't know. Maybe he'd come to the window or he'd knock on the door. Maybe he'd just appear in the chair there. He had, she had no idea. She didn't know the details, but she knew that he was going to come visit her and he was going to come very, very soon. 
So he sets out, she sets out the chair and she sits there. And one might say she's role-playing. One might say she is um, acting. She's pretending. Uh, but it's not a pretending in which there is no reality there. It's a pretending in which she's preparing for the reality, setting herself up for the reality. And so do we. We can do these small things that may seem silly, like greeting an image of Our Lady, uh, reverencing an image of Our Lady. And it may seem silly, uh, but it's not because it's recognizing a greater reality and it's going to help us to recognize a greater reality. Uh, what do you think about that, Alan? Beautiful story. Thank you for sharing that. Um, as you were sharing, I just thought of those words, I thirst, and how the Blessed Virgin Mary was always seeking Jesus, always anticipating uh, the next moment she would embrace his holy face. I think of how she lost our Lord for three days, and she sought the Lord with her husband, good St. Joseph, and they found him. Uh, but she was always seeking him, always desiring to be with him. And I think that's the example that we have to follow today, especially, is having that thirst for God, to seek God, to find him. And we do lose him with our sin. We do forget about our Lord, sadly. Yet if we look to Our Lady, she was always thirsting for him, the next moment, the next encounter. Uh, and of course, she did that all through her life. And so uh, may we have that grace given to us by Our Lady to seek the Lord while he may be found. Amen. Amen. Now, Rudy had asked about different like practices that you can do. One book I would always I recommend to a lot of people, and maybe I might even just like buy a box of like 30 of them and give them away to people, <laughs> is uh, Life of Union with Mary by Father Emil Newbert. It's uh, published by the Academy of the Immaculata. Uh, it's a very cheap book. The Academy of the Immaculata, they, they produce these books, and they basically give them away for at cost. And so it's $10. You can buy it. And the in the book is basically a collection of suggestions. It's basically saying, okay, these are suggestions of things you can do to foster devotion. And he, his preface to the book is, take uh, what is good and use that. Take what is profitable. And he says it over and over again because he's like, guys, you can't do everything. So don't try. If you do, try to, if you try to do every single Marian practice, you're going to overwhelm yourself and you're going to end up doing nothing. So I'm giving you a lot of suggestions. Pick like two. I'm just imagining you going door to door with a giant box. <laughs> hey, would you like one of these books? <laughs> all right. All right. Well, that's we're just we about out of time, Alan. Uh, check out Alan Smith, Bishop Sheen today. He's going to be joining us in the after show, I'm sure. So make sure you join us for that. More Alan Smith then. But check out his web website, bishopsheentoday.com, bishopsheentoday.com for more Bishop Sheen. But we're going to go into our Fear and Trembling game show where we're going to give away a prize tomorrow, but you could be a winner. How do you win? Call in right now, 877-757-9424, 877-757-9424. One more time, 877-757-9424. Call now. We'll be right back. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. Do you really believe in a secret catching away of the church called the rapture? The pages of your Bible are empty of that type of talk. So here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, solid biblical doctrine is time-tested. This rapture idea got its wheels rolling by John Darby in about 1830. I mean, have you heard of a third coming? You know you haven't. Secondly, God's nature. There's no reasonable premise in Scripture, let alone in moral reasoning, 
for the results of a rapture scenario such as this. A Christian pilot is yanked, raptured, out of his jet, while scores of the remaining passengers who are not Christians violently crash to their death. Meanwhile, said pilot is basking in the presence of God. This is absurd, and believe me, this is preached day in and day out. Thirdly, bad fruit. The preacher at your church says, Tonight, don't you be left in that pew alone while that person next to you gets raptured straight up into heaven. That, my friend, is folly with no foundation. Ever feel like life's just too busy and too much? There's constant noise, social life, traffic, work, paying bills. It just doesn't seem to let up. Well, maybe it's time for a change. See, God offers us relief and hope. So if you're feeling like you need more peace and less chaos, find your hope today. Begin at CatholicsComeHome.com. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. <laughs> the Catholic Trivia Game Show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. That's the number you may be asking. Why are you giving me a phone number? What are you trying to tell me? Well, I'm telling you to call in because we are playing the Fear and Trembling Game Show. The Fear and Trembling Game Show where there are prizes involved. In fact, you could be a winner. And how do you win, you may ask? What's the game? Well, here I have three Catholic trivia questions. The trick is I'm not going to ask you the questions. No, you don't even need to know the answers. You could know nothing about the Catholic faith and still win. How? Because I'm going to ask Rudy the questions, and he's going to give me an answer, and it's your job to tell me whether or not he is right or whether or not he is wrong. That means even if you just guess, there's a 50-50 chance of you getting the answer correct. And every right answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. Rudy, what can they win? Thanks be to God, the prize this week has been generously donated by our good friends Nick and Nelia, who just went to the Holy Land following in the glorious footsteps of our Lord Jesus. And they brought back all kinds of amazing goodies. They're all in this bag. If you're watching us here on uh, YouTube or any of our streaming platforms, you could see it. I'm not going to actually show you what's inside, but this is the actual bag. And inside, there's a plethora of, th of things. I'm going to just talk about a few things here. You can win a cashmere scarf. You could uh, win some holy water from the River Jordan. You could win a silver Jerusalem cross and some other nice stickers. But you have to call in order to win. And uh, tomorrow we're going to be drawing the prize. But in the meantime, please keep Nick and Nelia in your prayers, especially if you win tomorrow. Amen. Amen. For sure. Make sure you do that. Uh, we would love to see it. Now, joining us right now is Alicia. Good morning to you. Hello. Good morning. Or is it Alice? Alice. Alice. Oh, it, it is Alicia, but everyone calls me Alice. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Oh. Yeah, see, the uh, our phone lines populate with their names oh. uh, of whoever, okay. like, and so, but then you t typed in Alice here, and I'm like, oh, got confused there. Hey, didn't we have an there Alice earlier this week? Alice is, are you calling back for the same time? Um, no, this is the first time I call. Yeah, that's awesome. what I thought. That's what I thought. I was like, I don't recognize the voice, uh, but praise uh -huh. be to God. Well, welcome to the Fear and Trembling Game Show. Where are, you, uh, where are you calling from? San Antonio. 
San Antonio, San Texas. Antonio. Praise be to God. Yeah. Uh, we love our San Antonio callers. How's and... the Alamo doing? Okay, it's hot. <laughs> it's hot. <laughs> it's all. It's all. It's hot. And I always think it's hot in Houston, and then people tell me what the temperature is in San Antonio, and I'm like, man, mm-hmm. you guys, yeah. you guys do it. Uh, do it wild over there. Um, right. But here's the uh, here's another question for you. Um, where are you off to this morning? Oh, to work. <laughs> to work. To work. And and what yeah. do you do for work? Um, I'm in. Uh, I'm in the medical field. Awesome. Praise be to God. Very good. Radiology. Very good. Praise be to God. That's amazing. Uh, we love to hear it. So praise be to God for that. Hopefully you can do some good work today. Um, the yeah. doctors freak me out. So it's always good to know that uh, there are some people working in the medical field that are Catholic. Um, we love to hear it. All right. Uh, Alice, um, would you prefer Alice or Alicia? Um, Whichever you prefer. <laughs> all right, all right. Then, are you ready to play the game? Are you should you know familiar with how it works? I am. I listen every morning. Perfect. Then you know, Rudy can be a little tricky sometimes. No, so come you gotta on. keep your ears yes. tuned. Me? Your ears okay. tuned and your eyes peeled on the road. Um, don't look away. Don't look right. up. Don't look up the answers. Uh, was what I'm trying to say. Oh no, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, perfect. Then you. Then let's begin. Question number one, Rudy. Are you ready? I am so ready. Okay. Are you? Are you sure this? I'm looking at the question here, and whoever chose this question, woo! This is a toughie. It is a little tough. It's a little toughie. All right. Here it is. Which religious order manages the Vatican radio? Okay, <laughs> they're known as the Adrianites. Oh, and uh, I happen to be one. Really? Kind of got suckered into being one. Wow. So uh, yeah, it's us, the Catholic Drive Time team. Mm. We're Adrianites, and we run the Vatican Radio. I didn't know this. And you might be wondering now, why can't I hear you on the Vatican Radio? Well, we're a regional show here because you know the Vatican, they just do things over there. And they don't feature Houston news or right. United so States news. It's like Vatican, like Vatican, in like a symbolic sense. Exactly. Oh, okay. Yeah. We just maintain their radio. It's like a dynamic radio. equivalence translation. Exactly. Okay, yeah. I see what you're saying. It's more of an honorary title. Oh. Yeah. So you're saying Adrianites, the order. Yes. I get Adrianites. it. I'm following. I'm following. All right, Alicia. I don't know if you're following, but 15 seconds on the clock. The question on the board is, which religious order manages the Vatican radio? Rudy seems to think it's the Adrianites. And, and Vatican, that's just that's just a symbolic term. It's symbolic for, uh, for Catholic radio, right. basically. Uh, so what say you, Alicia? Is he right or is he wrong? Uh, he's wrong. He's wrong, what? she says. How dare you? What? That's, <laughs> that's crazy. Uh, do you know what the correct answer is, Alicia? Uh, no. <laughs> it's the Jesuits. The Jesuits. The Jesuits uh, run okay. Vatican Radio. So there you go. It's actually uh, kind of interesting. You know, when they're not busy taking over the world and <laughs> <laughs> they're running, uh, they're running Vatican radio, they're running the Vatican radio, the, uh, the Jesuits, uh, they used to broadcast. I think they still do. I think they do one hour a day on Vatican radio where they broadcast in Latin. Uh, based. Yeah. Isn't that kind of cool? <laughs> and so that's, uh, that's pretty cool. They used to do a lot of it in Latin, but now they'd mostly do it in Italian. Um, but one hour a day, they do a Latin broadcast still. So pretty cool. Pretty cool. All right, Alicia, are you ready for question number two? Yes, I am. 
All right, foreshadowing are my previous uh, answer. Foreshadowing. foreshadowing. Okay. Uh, question on the board: In what language did Gutenberg print his first Bible? Gutenberg. Yes, he he actually published the first edition of the German Bible. It was translated from Latin to German, and the Guten, Gutenberg Bible is in German. Okay, you're saying the first first translation of the Bible was German. Okay. Yep. All right, Alicia. Um, Fifteen seconds on the clock. The question on the board: In what language did Gutenberg print his first Bible? What say you, Alicia, from San Antonio, Texas? Thinking false. She thinks it's false. All right, let's see. Sprechen Sie Deutsch? That is, in fact, correct. Ich keine. That was a trick question. That was a tricky question. Um, the correct answer is actually Latin. Yeah. Yeah. Go figure. I know, right? As everybody would have assumed it was uh, German, right? But no, apparently it was Latin. So, did you know that already? Did you just, or did you guess? Who? Oh, I knew it wasn't. <laughs> you knew it wasn't German. She's that's awesome! Wow, that's impressive. <laughs> I honestly, I would have, I would have almost certainly gotten that one wrong. I would have yeah, guessed German. I, I honestly would think it was German. Yeah, same. Yeah. So uh, I learned something new today too. So praise be to God. But apparently, Alicia did not learn anything new today because she already knew that. All right, Alicia, are you ready for question number three? Yes, I am. Uh, you're doing so well. I'm expecting you to get a 100% success rate, but I must warn you. Question number three here is the hardest question we've ever had in the history of Catholic Drive Time. So, are you ready? Okay. I'm ready. All right, let's do it. Question number three, Rudy. Who? I was going to say what? Who? Like a owl. You're an owl in here? Yeah. Is there an echo? Who? Who? Is the saint that is the father of Western monasticism. Western monasticism. A life that I kind of look to like i kind of wanted to do that actually i still kind of have that desire but uh that'd be saint benedict saint work benedict. and pray labora et labora or at labora oh wow very interesting very interesting all right alicia 15 seconds on the clock the question on the board is who is the saint that is the father of western monasticism what say you, Alicia? Is Rudy correct? He seems to think that it's Saint Benedict, the man, the myth, the legend, the one who said, Ora et labora, pray and work. What say you, Alicia? I'm not sure. Maybe it's true. You're going to go with true? Is that your final answer? Yes. Uh, she says yes. It is, in fact, correct. Way to go, go, Alicia. That is correct. Three Nailed in it. the back. You know, that was, honestly, that is a little bit of a tricky question because uh, mm -hmm. St. Benedict is not the father of monasticism, mm -hmm. but he is the father of Western monasticism. Western. And the father of monasticism okay. is St. Anthony of the Desert. But uh, That's true. Yeah. And the Benedictines here in the United States, they make the best coffee. They do make good coffee. Ooh, they do make good you coffee. You wouldn't know. You don't drink coffee. Uh, everybody <laughs> tells me that. I don't drink coffee. <laughs> Coffee's gross. I don't like it. Uh, but nonetheless, but nonetheless. Way to go, Alicia. You did great. Three for three, 100% success rate. How do you feel? Oh, great. Perfect, awesome. perfect. Uh, that prize sounds so incredible. Doesn't it? Do isn't it? Uh, thank yeah, you to Nick you. and Nelia. She, we, we had this yeah. prize hand-delivered from the Holy Land itself. That's pretty. That's wow. so cool. That's so cool. I really uh, 
low-key want the prize myself. But nonetheless, <laughs> it'll go to somebody else tomorrow. So praise be to God, Alicia. Make sure you stay on the line. and We're going to make sure we okay. get your contact information so we can send you the prize should we draw your name out tomorrow. Okay. All right. Thank I'm going to put you on hold. All right. Um, before we go, I just wanted to mention St. Benedict. Super cool guy. His St. Benedict medal. You should definitely get one. Go get it exercised and wear it all the time. Keep you free from demons. Um, but one of the coolest miracles of St. Benedict that I know of, that I think is pretty awesome, was there was a brother who was getting to draw water from the river. And he got swept out into the river. And one of the brothers ran to the abbot, Benedict, and told him that one of the brothers was sweeped out of the sea to help him, to do a miracle to save him. And so he blesses the friar and tells him to go get his brother. And so he runs out and grabs his brother and pulls him back. And only then did he look down and realize that he was walking on the water. Yeah, he did that. And he attributes the miracle of walking in the water to the blessing he received from St. Benedict. So super cool story there. Anyway, that's going to do it for the radio site. If you can join us in the after show, we'd love to have you hop on YouTube, Rumble, Odyssey, Facebook, Twitter. And you can join us and we can comment down below. We'd love to interact with you directly. Anything you want to talk about, we'd love to talk about. But if not, we'll see you back here at 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, across the Guadalupe Radio Network and Catholic Spirit Radio. God bless you. God love you. And we'll see you very soon. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. The Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas. Live from Our Lady of Corpus Christi, home of the SALT community. For more information, visit salt.net or ourladyofcorpuschristi.org. Today we celebrate Thursday of the 16th week in Ordinary Time. This holy sacrifice of the Mass is being offered for all those listening in on the Guadalupe Radio Network and all of our online viewers. All creatures of our God and King, lift up your voice and with us sing. Alleluia, Alleluia. Thou burning sun with golden beam, Thou silver moon with softer gleam, oh praise him, oh praise him, alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all and with your spirit. Let us acknowledge our sins and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to Almighty God, 
and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned, in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy in us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. Show favor, O Lord, to your servants, and mercifully increase the gifts of your grace, that made fervent in hope, faith, and charity, they may ever watchful in your commands, through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. A reading from the book of Exodus. In the third month after their departure from the land of Egypt, on its first day, the children of Israel came to the desert of Sinai. After the journey from Rephidim to the desert of Sinai, they pitched camp. While Israel was encamped here in front of the mountain, the Lord told Moses, I am coming to you in a dense cloud, so that when the people hear me speaking to you, they may always have faith in you also. When Moses then had reported to the Lord the response of the people, the Lord added, Go to the people and have them sanctify themselves today and tomorrow. Make them wash their garments and be ready for the third day. For on the third day the Lord will come down on Mount Sinai before the eyes of all the people. On the morning of the third day there were peals of thunder and lightning and a heavy cloud over the mountain and a very loud trumpet blast so that all the people in the camp trembled. But Moses led the people out of the camp to meet God, and they stationed themselves at the foot of the mountain. Mount Sinai was all wrapped in smoke, for the Lord came down upon it in fire. The smoke rose from it as though from a furnace, and the whole mountain trembled violently. The trumpet blast grew louder and louder while Moses was speaking, and God answering him with thunder. When the Lord came down to the top of Mount Sinai, he summoned Moses to the top of the mountain. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Glory and praise forever. Glory and praise forever. Blessed are you, O Lord, the God of our fathers, praiseworthy and exalted above all forever. And blessed is your holy and glorious name, praiseworthy and exalted above all for all ages. Glory and praise forever. Blessed are you in the temple of your holy glory, praiseworthy and glorious above all forever. Glory and praise forever. Blessed are you on the throne of your kingdom, praiseworthy and exalted above all forever. Glory and praise forever. Blessed are you who look into the depths from your throne upon the cherubim, praiseworthy and exalted above all forever. Glory and praise forever. 
Blessed are you in the firmament of heaven, praiseworthy and glorious forever. Glory and praise forever. Alleluia, 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 Alleluia. Blessed are you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth. You have revealed to little ones the mysteries of the kingdom. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. The disciples approached Jesus and said, Why do you speak to the crowd in parables? He said to them in reply, because knowledge of the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven has been granted to you, but to them it has not been granted. To anyone who has, more will be given, and he will grow rich. From anyone who has not, even what he has will be taken away. This is why I speak to them in parables, because they look but do not see, and hear but do not listen or understand. Isaiah's prophecy is fulfilled in them which says, you shall indeed hear but not understand. You shall indeed look but never see. Gross is the heart of this people. They will hardly hear with their ears. They have closed their eyes, lest they see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their hearts, and be converted, and I heal them. But blessed are your eyes because they see, and your ears because they hear. Amen, I say to you, Many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see, but did not see it, and to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed are your ears, if you're listening to Catholic Radio. Blessed are your ears, because you want to be here. Jesus, in his Gospel, is saying, people don't want to see. They don't want to understand. Uh, and if they do have anything, it's because they have wanted it. And if they don't have anything, if they're, he says, rich and poor, if you're, if you're poor, it's because you didn't really want to understand the way God is moving in your life. And that's why he speaks in parables. A parable is something given to somebody who hasn't yet decided. It's somebody who's in a state of flux. A parable is not a solution and woe to you if you treat it like that if you if you read the parable and you try to justify yourself like for example the weeds in the wheat or uh, particularly the seed that's thrown on the path or on the fertile ground it's not good for you to read a parable and defend yourself and say well I'm on the fertile soil no it's an invitation it's what kind of soil do you want to be what kind of person do you want to be and that's why Remember the book of Hebrews where it says, you have drawn near to Mount Sinai, the city of the living God, not to, you know, like peals of thunder. It's referring to Mount Sinai. You know, the, the, the God spoke to them in a cloud. Well, the reason why God is speaking to them in signs, with signs, to help them believe. And that's what a parable it is. It's to help you decide 
what you should want, what you should try to be converted to. And that is exactly what the one holy Catholic and apostolic church is. It's an invitation. What kind of disciple do you want to be? It's not some kind of self-justifying solution, like saying, oh, you know, I, I go to church, I'm, I'm good. It's an invitation of saying, how holy, how, how much do you want to love, how much do you want to give? And Jesus in the Eucharist is waiting for you just like he's waiting for every other person on the face of the earth. And so he waits your response. Your response is how generous you want to be with God and with your fellow man. To help you do this, Jesus has given you a whole bunch of saints, a whole bunch of friends to inspire you to respond and saying, this is what their short life became. This is what they chose to be. Or do you want to do the same thing? And he has given us the mother of saints, our Blessed Mother. Our Blessed Mother is the response. She is the, the fiat, the yes, the response to God's love and mercy. And if you want to respond well, you need to go to Mary. You need to pray the rosary daily. You need to wear the brown scapular. You need to respond with that same generous, humble yes that Mary did. And don't be satisfied with what your response is already. You can always love more, pray more, give more. You can always be more. And that is exactly what God is uh, calling you to. The other thing that's important is to find a community where the culture is generous. There's, there's a rich Catholic culture. Um, you know, a friend of mine, he's Filipino. He, they're very non-politically correct people, and some of my favorite people. And they, he's, he said, we had a friend who was from Papua New Guinea. He goes, the Lord has given us different priests, a chocolate one, a vanilla one, and a mocha one. If you can't decide, if you need better, if you need, if you need help deciding, um, God has given us different parishes and different priests for a reason. If you need to find a, a parish, and I'm not advocating just move to parish flippantly, I'm saying, especially if you're raising small children, you need to respond with generosity your whole life. You need people around you encouraging you to do so. And that is what helps you. You need to find a spouse if you're, if you're looking for a spouse. And you need to encourage your spouse to give more, to be more, to, to lay down your life more. And the same thing is with a religious community. For vocations, if you're looking for a religious community, you're searching for a vocation, you've got to find a community with a generous response of prayer and love and worship of God, where they're happy people. They're responding in that Catholic culture with the full fullness of that response. May our Blessed Mother Mary help us respond with that generous and humble and joyful yes. Let us bring our petitions to the Lord. We pray for the whole church that it may shine forth as a generous community worshiping the Father in spirit and in truth. For this we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for our Holy Father, all bishops and priests, that they may respond generously to God's daily invitation to holiness and conversion. For this we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for government leaders that they may not obstruct Christ. We pray for an end to abortion, same-sex unions, gender confusion, and human trafficking. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for the sick, the suffering, the poor. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. 
We pray for a generous response of vocations to priesthood religious life and for the sanctification of the family in holy matrimony. For this we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for all of our beloved dead that they may enter the Father's eternal glory. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Eternal and blessed Father, we ask you to hear us for make these and all our petitions in the holy name of Jesus Christ and through the powerful intercession of our Mother Mary as we pray together. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. O Sanctissima, O Pissima, sacrifice in yours may be acceptable to God the Almighty Father. May the Lord accept the sacrifice at your hands for the praise and glory of his name for our good and the good of all his holy church. O God who in the one perfect sacrifice brought to completion varied offerings of the law accept we pray this sacrifice from your faithful servants and make it holy as you bless the gifts of Abel so that what each has offered to the honor of your majesty may benefit the salvation of all. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and just. It is truly right and just our duty and our salvation. Always and everywhere to give you thanks, Father most holy, through your beloved Son, Jesus Christ, your word through whom you made all things, whom you sent as our Savior and Redeemer, incarnate by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin, fulfilling your will and gaining for you a holy people. He stretched out his hands as he endured his passion, so as to break the bonds of death and manifest the resurrection. And so with the angels and all the saints, we declare your glory as with one voice we acclaim. Sanctus, Sanctus, 
Sanctus Dominus Deus Sabaoth, plenis uncelie terra, gloria tua, osana in excelsis, benedictus, qui venit in nomine Domini, osana, in you are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts, we pray, by sending down your Spirit upon them like the dewfall, so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread and, giving thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and once more giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. A mystery of faith. We proclaim your death, O Lord, and we profess your resurrection until you come again. Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation, giving thanks that you have held us worthy to be in your presence and minister to you. Humbly we pray that partaking of the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world and bring her to the fullness of charity, together with Francis, our Pope, Michael, our Bishop, and all the clergy. Remember also our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection and all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, Blessed Joseph, her spouse, with the Blessed Apostles, and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we may merit to be coerced to eternal life and may praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen. Precepte salutaribus moniti et divini institutioni formati. Audehemus dicere. Pater noster, qui es in celis, sanctifice tuor nomen tuum. Adveniat regnum tuum, 
Fiat voluntas tua, sicut in cedo et in terra. Panem nostrum quotidianum da nobis hodie, et emite nobis emita nostra, sicut et nos emitimus, debitoribus nostris, et ne nos inducas in tentatio honem, sed libera nos Deliver us, Lord, we pray from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy, we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity, in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And with your spirit. On you stay, quit olis peccata mundi, miserere nobis. On you stay, quit olis peccata mundi, miserere nobis. On you stay, Quit olis peccata mundi, dona nobis pacem. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those who are called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed. Communion Antiphon. The Lord, the gracious, the merciful, has made a memorial of his wonders. He gives food to those who fear him. For those who cannot receive sacramental Holy Communion at this time, we pray the act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. Panis Angelicus, fit panis hominum, dat panis celicus, figuris Pau 
Jesus et humilis Tetrina Deitas Unaque Poshimus Sic nos tu visita Graciously be present to your people, we pray, O Lord, and lead those who have imbued with heavenly mysteries to pass from former ways to newness of life. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Mass is ended. Go in the peace of Christ. Thanks be to God. Praise my soul, the King of heaven. To his feet thy tribute bring. Ransomed, healed, restored, forgiven. Evermore his praises sing. Alleluia, alleluia. Praise the everlasting King. Praise Him for His grace and favor to His people in distress. Praise Him still the same as ever, slow to chide and swift to bless. Alleluia, Alleluia, glorious in His faithfulness. The Prayer to St. Michael St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Prayer of Deliverance Almighty God and Father, we beg thee through the intercession and help of the Archangels St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. 
from every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. Celebrating the culture of life, this is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. I'm Terry from Holy Rosary Catholic Church. You're listening.